Hello. It's the lowdown. Honest. Hi there, it's Alan Mitchell. The Lowdown is brought to you by Wolf GMC Buick on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. Hurry in for amazing deals days until February 16th only. 0% financing up to 60 months on select remaining in-stock 2023 GMC Sierra Half Tons plus a $5,000 cash discount. Visit WolfGMCBuick.com. Remember, until tomorrow only. All right. You can reach us at sports1440.ca, iHeartRadio, Radio Player Canada, on Apple and Spotify podcast. Text or call us at 1-833-401-1440. Twitter at Low Tide, at Donovan Paulson, at Declan Kruger. Today's show, Oilers in St. Louis, the home of Chuck Berry, Berry Park, Cardinals, Cardinals, Rams, lots of other things. They start a very difficult road trip. And they have a new second line. Oh, my. We will talk about that today. Our guests are Bag Milk from Oilers Nation and Lou Korak from NHL.com. And before we go any farther, we have to bring in two, two, two people at once. We bring in, of course, our dear friend, Declan Kruger, who we've known for over eight weeks, and our <laughs> other dear friend, Donovan Paulson, who feels he feels like the new guy. Well, he is the new guy, I think, for yeah. all intents and purposes. And we have known him for slightly under eight weeks, I think. Okay. So, all right. you, a very apt description. When does part. he learn to play the right intro? Yeah, no, come on, come on. No, that I mean, one's, I've does seen, that come in week 10? or? Yeah, that's probably about a week 10 okay. or 11 kind of thing. Right. But listen, I'll say this. Connor Halley, who is the goat of goats when yes. it comes to production, I've, I've heard him play the wrong intro, so it happens. Never happened to me, but I've heard it happen. I, so. I just, I, you know, I, I thought of, if I'd been a real prima donna, I would have just gotten up and left. Yeah, but, I wouldn't have blamed you for that well, one. Just, that was a, that was a rookie mistake on my part. Don't but worry about it. You know it. what? I played, I played... Uh, back in the days, you used to have 33 RPM and 45 RPMs. And I would often play like 33s at 45, and everybody would sound like the chipmunks. We've all done it. Don't worry about it. I'll just put that on your permanent record. It'll be fun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. The orders have a brand new number two line. McDavid, Nuge, and Hyman, number one. Dry Sidle with Kane and Holloway, the second line. And there was worry about speed where Corey Perry was there. My, oh my, that's improved with Holloway. However, the two-way game has gone to... If you put Holloway in over Perry. I'm going to go around the horn. I'm going to talk to you first, Declan, about it. And then we're going to talk to Donovan after he's done uh, writing a note to somebody. Declan, what do you think about Holloway on the second line? Well, I like his speed, naturally. I think... I think he's a guy who, talent-wise, we probably do expect to be a top-six guy. I like him to get the opportunity there. Corey Perry, we've heard people talk about it. I don't think Corey Perry is a long-term solution in the top-six, right? It's not where he belongs. You can do it for a spot start here and there. I'm not sure if Dylan Holloway is necessarily the answer either, but I think he certainly has more upside than that top-six. I like him to get the shot against this Blues team. This this St. Louis Blues defensive core is horrendous. This is a terrible defensive Blues team. I like Dylan Holloway to get a chance here to shine. I think he'll work out this game. We'll figure out how it works in the long term as time goes on but for right now I like the move and you Donovan um Dylan Holloway has looked good since coming back from injuries so I think this is a a, a smart choice to see kind of what you fully have in Dylan Holloway with a with a little bit more opportunity I, I like the move let's see how it works obviously but um give the kid a chance give him give him some room to grow I, I like it Corey Perry you kind of know what Corey Perry is at this point, so um, Corey Perry is not going to be hurt by going down to the to the third line. Dylan Holloway could only benefit from going up to the, up the lineup. So I'm going to go McLaughlin group here, and so the answer is twelve. 
if you ever saw that show, it was hilarious. Now, here's the answer. You're There's both, an answer. There is. And I, I saw it the other day when I was watching Corey Perry, and I thought of Scotty Bowman, probably the smartest coach in history. And Bowman, when he got to the Montreal Canadiens, he didn't win right away because of the Bruins. Uh, but he did win soon after right away. And he would... 70, 71 was the last year of John Ferguson, so it would have been Al McNeil who did it. But during the, those periods of time, the, the Canadians had great players, great veteran players who were on their way to retirement, Jean Beliveau, chief among them, but also Henri Richard, uh, John Ferguson, others. And what Bowman would do, and McNeil before him, is when Ferguson was playing well or Henri Richard were playing well, he'd, he'd move them up the depth chart. But as soon as they started to fade falter or uh, not be able to get back to where they once belonged, then he would move a younger player up. Reggie Houle over John Ferguson as an example, Jacques Lemaire over Henri Richard and others along the line. And I think this is a good reflection of that. Perry, when he's when he's doing well, and he did for most games, he faded last game, you put him in the second line. I'm not saying he's going to be there five times down the stretch, but that's an option they have. Now, what you also do is you give Holloway the opportunity. Sooner or later, the young player always takes over. That's just the way it is. You're watching that in real time in radio words on this particular show. I mean, it's like one of these things is not like the others. Oh, yeah, One of these coming. songs is 62 years old. You know, that's just the way it is. Well, Ty, let me throw this to you. What would your ideal second line look like come playoff time? If you could have it your way, everyone's firing on all cylinders, what would it look like for you? Can I make an acquisition or just with this group? With this group. Okay, well, I, I think ideally I would like to have more of a two-way presence on that line but I'm not breaking up the top line because it's done so well. Yeah, you can. And so I'm not moving Nuge to Leon's line. Um, I, I think I would, I would find the best mix of one of these four, and the fourth one you're all going to mock me for, but I think he's still there and you got to look at him. I think I would rotate Holloway, Perry, Fogel, and Brown. Brown, I'm not saying he's going to catch fire. I'm not saying he's going to do anything. Maybe he's never going to play another game in the National Hockey League after this year. I don't know. But he's, he is a two-way presence, and I think that line needs it. I, if you're asking me who I think is going to end up with the job, I think it's going to be Warren Fogel. I know they're mad at him because he made a mistake, but that too shall pass. What happens is you you... Somebody makes a mistake, and then you check down to some other name, and then the other name either isn't good enough or makes the mistake on their own. And so you rotate through, and then it gets back to Fogel. So Fogel's the guy most likely to keep the job, do you agree? Yeah, Fogel would be my pick. And, uh, you know, not to push back on your expertise or anything, but I'm not giving Connor Brown a look in the top six. I've just seen too little from him for I think, I, way too much of the season. I, I think you rotate him up. I, I mean, he, he if you've got him in the lineup and you've got him as a fourth-line guy uh, and you're not going to – like either pull him out of the lineup or give him a chance because on yep. the fourth line, he's – I mean, he it, does anybody think he's closer to scoring now than he was a month ago? Not really. I think he's closer to the press box than he is to the second line personally. So get her done. Then make your choice because – and I think it'll come at the deadline. I think he's playing the, possibly the last games of his NHL career. But I would give him the shot because y- you're going to go to him and say, look, you're not playing in the play. And it's tough. George LaRock got benched in the playoffs in 06, and it hurt him. You know, he's a very proud man. It hurt him. You don't think that someone gives him a chance next year, not a, not a great team, gives him, a, gives him another chance? The way he's playing now, he would get a, he'd get an invite. 
I I think so. I think not a great team would would have to give him a chance next year because there's there's been too much of a track record of him being a quality NHL player. But here's the thing, Donovan. You say, well, you know, he's not ready yet. He's not right, but he's getting there. He's been getting there longer than I have. Oh, believe me, I know. I've been waiting for the Connor Brown, like, where is he? Where is he? And it's just not happened. But I I feel like someone would give him a chance next year. I I don't think... An invite. He's not getting real money. Yeah, he's not getting real money. Okay, well, in that that situation, I I would agree, though, uh, with, with Declan here. I feel like he's a lot closer to the press box than he is the second line. I feel like that's kind of fair the way he's played, but... He is a good penalty killer. He does have some value. If you're going to send him to the press box, you got to give him a chance to play. Just rotate through because right now, today, it's Holloway. Holloway won't won't stay there. The next up, naturally, because they just went from Fogel, then Holiday, then it would be, I guess, Perry, and then it would be back to uh, back to Brown. I I I think you Brown is not scoring even when he gets chances, and on the fourth line, he doesn't even get chances. Um, By the way, I just want this out there in case it ever happens. It's 4.5 hours distance from St. Louis to Nashville. Philip Tomasino is a right winger for the Predators. However, he's playing in Milwaukee right now for the Admirals in the AHL. That's 5.3 hours from St. Louis. So all I care about is getting Philip Tomasino to the Edmonton Oilers. Not saying it's going to happen, but we've been looking and looking and looking for right wingers. My friend Bendelson sent me a note yesterday, and I was I was making a list. I wasn't going to use it yet today, but I did. And he mentioned Lawson Kraus as an option. What do you boys think of Lawson Kraus, Donovan? Uh, I like Lawson Kraus. Big body, works hard. Um, good good forechecker. He can, he can clearly score. Um, you look at his his career numbers. He's he's been a good player for for Arizona, but. Um, where where would you play Lawson Krause? Would you would you have him as your your second line? No, he'd be, he'd be with Drysdale. Yeah, okay. okay. He's got some two way acumen, and he can score. Like he had one yeah. bad year, but he's played well. You know, now he's got a contract four point three times two more years, so you're going to have to do something there. But anyway, I thought Bendelson had a good idea, and it's not like he has you know bad ideas or good ideas every day. But I thought I would pass it along because I thought it was I thought it was pretty interesting. Um. We have to mention this, and I'm not. I'm just going to say it because I f- always feel bad when somebody loses their job. Yarmo Kakalainen has been fired by Columbus. I will say this: in your life, what you hope for, and what I hope for my children, is that they work for a company like the Columbus Blue Jackets, because you can be bad for a long time, and they still believe in you. They're like the anti-modern <laughs> modern company where you are just absolutely their guy. They used to do that in 75, by the way. Did you know that, boys? You got a job, like at a furniture company in 75. Maybe you were doing deliveries. And sometimes, you know, you deliver a sofa and it left the plant with four legs and it got there with three and ordinarily you'd get fired. But some companies just wouldn't do that. They'd move you to accounting or whatever the case may be. doesn't work like that now. Kekalainen lasted a lot longer than he should have in Columbus. Yeah, especially with the uh, with the whole Mike Babcock situation, I thought he was going to be fired after that. That but was very weird. That what happened and then what didn't happen. Yeah, he uh, he got a, he had a really long long leash there. So um, I think it was just a matter of time. Honestly, it's the same leash that that Declan has had here. You know, constant, yeah. constant 
missteps, yep. and yet nothing ever happens. And I get moved up in the chair rotation. <laughs> it's good to be me. He's Warren Fogel. Uh, one other thing, I don't know if it's true or not, but I read somewhere that Bedard might play tonight. Have you guys read that? Uh, I saw that, yeah. It was uh, Kevin Weeks, right? Yeah. yeah. So that would be... I'm cheer for him. I I don't. I feel bad for him because people said he was going to be as good as as McDavid, and I just think that's that's really not a good idea. Todd Pitlick, by the way, cleared waivers, and uh, Kelly and Kelly from Vegas is on waivers for the uh, contract termination purposes. I don't know if that's a made up name, but Elliot Friedman said it. So, do you know that name at all? Have you ever heard of him? Um, can't say I have. It's a great name, though. And Phillips from Washington is on waivers. I liked him, but he doesn't really get a chance to play. And they've got, you know, have you, have you looked at Washington's roster lately? Like the, the, the forwards specifically? There's some interesting names there. Um, I'm not even saying that I, I like them or like them for trade. Although, Anthony Mantha is over two points per 60 at five on five. That's pretty damn good. Did you mention Mantha the other day? Somebody did here. Uh, I don't think I mentioned Anthony Mantha. I might have, but because uh, I know his name's been out there. But Washington apparently tried to move him all off season for for basically nothing. So I, I I don't know if Mantha would be my guy personally, but he's had a good year for sure. He's just he's too inconsistent for me. But he's consistent this year. He's scoring this, this year. Yeah, but there's been there's been a couple of years straight. With with Washington and Detroit, where he he hasn't looked consistent in in any way, he just he's a player to me that leaves you wanting more. Not necessarily this year, but just in his prior years of service in the NHL, he's left me wanting more. What do you think, Declan? Do you like him or pass? Yeah, I don't mind him. I don't know if I would necessarily say he's left me wanting more. I look at him a little bit more as he is what he is, and he's like I understand his draft stock is going to going to indicate that you'd want more from him but once he came into the league I kind of think he he developed into the player that he was very quickly and we just came to expect that I think he's still like I think he's a fine player I don't I wouldn't mind him but I'm I'm not jumping up and down so you're thrilled thrilled is what I'm hearing Uh, I mean like he had what how many 20 goal seasons did he have in his career two or three so far no I don't think it's that but he's not that old he's 25 right uh no he's got to be older than that I think Anthony Mantha he's got to be close to 30 Oh. Like he was drafted in 2013, wasn't he? Jeez, I'm old. Anthony yeah. Mantha's 29. Yeah, so that's oh what, my yeah. god! Oh well, come on now. Uh, yeah, um, a couple of 20 goal seasons with the Wings back in the day. I think at, le- at least one for sure. 16 goals this year. I mean, he has yeah. a 24, a 25, uh, and he has 16. So this would be his his presuming he scores four more goals. Yeah. He'll he'll get, this would be his third 20 goal season. He could actually set a career high this year in goals. Yeah, like, could. I don't mind him. He is what he is, but I'm, I'm not well, I don't think he'd cost a lot. Is the yeah, thing. that's the big part. All right. So on the way, we've got uh, Hockey Rumors at 1240, Mag Melko at 1 o'clock, Luke Korak from NHL.com. We're going to take a long look at the St. Louis Blues next. Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440 for Wolf GMC Buick. Check him out at wolfgmcbuick.com. And that Burton Cummings could sing. We are now joined by Lou Korak from NHL.com and the Hockey News covering the St. Louis Blues. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you. 
You got it. How are you? Good. I, I loved your, I just tweeted it out, player to watch versus the Oilers, Robert Thomas. I was going to ask you about him because I think he's the best player who might be not be universally famous yet. And I always have a theory about names. Like if his name was Red Berenson, I think he'd be more famous. But Robert Thomas is a hell of a hockey player. Yeah, he's had a great year this year. It's, uh, you know, you would you always wondered coming in what he was going to do and how things were going to go because basically, you know, the keys were handed to him. Uh, he's, he was jumping into uh, the long-term contract where he's averaging uh, over $8 million AAV per season. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly is no longer here. The Blues, that was basically the transition from one to the other. And uh, I think he's handled it well. He's the only guy on the team that's over a point per game player. And I think what's really impressed me the most this year about Robert Thomas is he, he relishes and challenges those opportunities to go up against the opposition's top-line players. He's obviously going to get draw that assignment tonight with uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl and company. And uh, he's, he's done well in those matchups. And uh, not only that, it, it's been a good balance because – not only has he been mindful of those uh, defensive challenges, but he's also been able to put up points, too. He was the one that ended uh, Nathan McKinnon's, uh, I believe it was a 19-game point streak earlier in the year, and did it well. And th- those, are, those are the opportunities, I think, that he really relishes more than anything. And I think, really, the points have been more of a bonus of his hard work throughout the year. The, uh, you know, confirmation of that, I always go to Puck IQ, which which bins all of the, the quality of opposition where elites and mid-level and then lesser lights. And according to them, Robert Thomas has played 39.2% of his time at 5-on-5 five five against the lead competition and done extremely well. And, and you know, there's some good players on this team, but Schnevich having a good year, uh, Jordan Kyra's having a good year. Uh, from from your point of view, when you're looking at this team, uh, I think most fans who maybe don't pay attention to the Blues all the time are mildly surprised that they're in a playoff spot uh, today. Should they be number one? And and aside from Robert Thomas, what else has worked out well for St. Louis this year? I think I think it's a valid uh, point that the teams or teams, not just teams, but fans too, would be surprised. To be honest with you, I am a little surprised myself, uh, but they've, they've gone on a little bit of a run here that uh, has elevated them because, you know, quite frankly, they're for a good stretch uh, during the transition in, during the coaching change. Uh, you know, they were on the outside looking in and chasing, but you know, they've, they've won seven out of their last nine games, a little bit of a hiccup Tuesday against the Toronto Maple Leafs. But I think to be honest with you, uh, what's been a mainstay and recently they've gotten secondary scoring, but I think throughout the season and the numbers may not be reflective of it, but I just think their goaltending has been able to keep them in games. And uh, they've had some games now where they've fallen behind, but, but they're staying in the fight now for 60 minutes. And I think that's something that, coach drew banister is really harped on is not not to wait out early in games more times than not one to nothing would turn into two to nothing deficits three to nothing and next thing you know by the end of the first period early second they're already out of a game and 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 their special teams have really skyrocketed especially their uh their power play their power play uh before tuesday uh, on their seven and one stretch was uh, I think only second in the league behind Tampa in that stretch at 37.5%. And a lot of the year they were laboring around last in the league. So their power play has really gotten them going and, and they've needed it. And their special teams are not just the special teams in general, but, 
PK has also been good as well. And uh, that's really held them in games. But overall, systematically, I just think their goaltending has really held them in a lot of games because these guys, Jordan Bennington, who's going to get the start tonight, and Joel Hofer have made critical saves when they've needed to be made. Uh, I'm going to ask you about a young man named Matt Kessel, but I'm going to do it in conjunction with Falk and where he is. So tell me about Kessel and tell me where Falk is in, in getting back. You know, it's it's interesting that you bring up Matthew Kessel. It's been really it's it's been a great story. And when Falk initially got injured against Colorado on December 29th, Kessel is the one that they brought up. And a lot of people thought that maybe this was just going to be one of those where he's just going to be a fill-in. I don't think he's going back down. If he goes back down, I would be shocked at any point. I think this kid has earned himself an NHL job and a permanent NHL job. Uh, a lot of I talked to his coach at, at UMass Amherst, and he also told me Greg Carville, who's who's a former assistant coach uh, in the NHL, and understands. I mean, this is a guy that coached Kale McCarr in college. So I think he has a pretty good understanding of uh, defensemen uh, and what it takes to make it in this league. But he just says he's he's a calm, cool character. He just doesn't get flustered by the situation, and I think he's handled the minutes well. And I think that's what's been good for him is is he's gone up also playing with Tory Krug. I think he's elevated Tory Krug's game. He's had to jump into Falk's spot, and he's going up against top guys as well. And he's thrived in those situations. And he doesn't make very many turnovers. He just makes the simple play. I know it sounds boring, and I know it sounds bland, but it's been exactly what this team needs. Is he a guy that's going to jump off the charts and be one of those guys that's going to be one of these offensive defensemen and put up numbers like McCarr? No, but he's been exactly what the St. Louis Blues have needed. And with Justin Falk being out of the lineup right now, and Drew Bannister said today that they continue to monitor him as day-to-day. He hasn't been on the ice. Uh, Matthew Kessel's been a, a breath of fresh air for this team. Luke Clark, our guest, NHL.com and the Hockey News. I wanted to ask you as well, 7-3-0 and in the last 10, and they're they're holding on to a playoff spot. We talked about that before. Yet I always hear them talk about as a seller, like, you know, maybe, uh, and maybe it's mm-hmm. McNevich, you know, solo, but I... I are they a buyer or a seller, or is it just about McNavich, and that's why he, they, they keep getting mentioned in the trade rumors? I think they're in a holding pattern right now, and I think that's where Doug Armstrong is, and I think that's where he's going to continue to stay right up through the March 8 trade deadline. I honestly, even if they're able to somehow continue to surge and continue to solidify, right now they're holding the second uh, wild card in the Western Conference. I don't think Doug Armstrong is going to alter this roster, or I should say make additions, unless he feels like this team, not only he's not going to look at them as just a team that's going to get in, but he wants them to be a team that can can make inroads and, and, and go on a deep playoff run. A couple of years ago, he did the same thing where the Blues were right there. They traded Paul Stasny right at the deadline, and they were actually holding the second wild card, and he even explained at that time that, he just didn't feel like that that team at that point was going to be a team that was going to be able to go on a deep run, and he wanted to acquire assets for the future, which he was able to do. And I think he's going to do the same thing here. I still maintain that 
if he does anything, I think he's going to subtract off of this roster if he feels like it's going to continue to build this team for the immediate future. Wanted to ask as well about a very popular Edmonton Oil King going back to, well, a couple of years ago or three, uh, Jake Neighbors. He's having a Cy Young year, 18 goals and five assists, but 18 goals in 52 games, that is good production. How has he looked? Excellent. And I, you know what? I'll tell you what, he has become an instant fan favorite. And uh, there are people here that feel like uh, he's going to be future captain material for the St. Louis Blues down the road. And uh, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, he's well liked in the locker room for a 21 year old. To me, he's wise beyond his years. And I think what what people and St. Louis has always been kind of known as that blue collar city. And I think what people really appreciate about his game is he plays a blue collar game. He's going to go to the net. He's going to drive the net. He's going to station himself there. He's going to, he knows he's going to take punishment. He absorbs it, but yet he continues to get up and he continues to come back. And that's where a lot of, uh, that's where a lot of his production is, is he's, he's living from the dots on in and, and, and it's been a success for this team. They haven't had, Really, to me, a player like that that plays that kind of a game, the last one that I, could, that I can recall in, in recent memory for the Blues has been David Backus. Mm-hmm. They've been missing a player like that. And guys that are, you know, they become predictable in defending when you know that when the opposition knows that nobody's going to be there to try to run interference and, and get some traffic at the goal. But Jake Neighbors has been exactly that. Uh, his goals aren't pretty, but it doesn't matter, and, and he understands that. I think he's uh, becoming quite aware of uh, what his calling card is in the NHL. He's not afraid to check. He's not afraid to be a, a tenacious four checker, and it's been really effective. And uh, a guy that started out in the bottom six has quickly earned himself a spot in the top six on this team. Lou, I enjoy reading you. I loved visiting with you. Thank you so much. You have a great day. You too. Thank you for having me. All right, Lou Korak from... NHL.com writes for the Hockey News as well, and a really good read. Gives you a good idea about what's going on. I've always liked St. Louis. They've always been interesting. It's always about hockey. Uh, Early on, there would be articles in the Hockey News when St. Louis just arrived in 67 about what a great uh, organization they had. It was the Solomon Brothers, I believe, who owned the team at the time. And they've always sort of had a really good relationship with NHL players, and the fan base loves them. And I was glad to see them win Stanley. It took forever, but, you know, Edmonton Oilers fans know about forever. It's been how many years now? 10, 20, 34 years? Yeah, I mean, if you're rounding up, that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. 90. 90, 90, yeah. 94. Carry the two. Wait, hold on. Yeah, no, you're right. It's called ciphering. Yeah. Yeah. I was just doing some quick math. Wanted to double check everything. I get it. I understand. Quick math. Quick math. Is an oxymoron. Did you know that? No, it's not. Come yes, on. it is. You can totally. do quick math. No, you can't. If you're a genius out there. Well, okay. Fine. I know Donovan's rattling off calc in his head. Oh, as we speak. You is know that why it. he has that blank look? That's why his eyes always roll back in his head okay. like that and he starts just reciting numbers. That's okay. what that yeah. was. Now explain why his eyes are close, close together. How does that, what is going on there? The, the space in his brain is just pushing it together because mm. there's too much uh, math up there. Wow. Exactly. Okay. I'll, I mean, I don't have any reason to believe you're lying to me. Uh, all this trade talk feels like one big analogy for LT getting booted from his own show from Justin. Well, I think that's the script. But here's the thing. We would never trade you. 
Like no. me and Donovan are in the farm. No, system. you got to bury me. That's yeah. what happens. You oh, got to sure. when I'm gone. You say, you know, he didn't run out any ground balls. And let me tell you, the buyout will be substantial. Oh. <laughs> you are going to get a nice yeah. lump sum, sir. Yeah, and then you'll you'll catch me on Twitter saying, "Oh, I see Declan isn't working today. Working today." There'll be stuff like that, snide well, little remarks. Well, pretty soon I'll, I'll be texting you being like, hey, Low Tide, do you have anything for me? Donovan actually <laughs> ended up taking over for both of us. Well, I will say that I think that in a lot of ways, people always talk about, and this is a, this is a lesson for you young people out there. Uh, people always, like me, my age, they always talk about the past. Like, oh, I mourn the loss of Ray. Look, it, things happen for a reason. Companies don't spend money good after bad, right? So whatever this is morphing into, it's good for you. You just have to catch the wave. Unlike me, it was going, what do I, what, huh? How do I, social media, because then you get lost. That's the, th- the lesson for you is always to keep, be young, be young. That's a great tip. And low tide, I will say, we got this one text in here from Dean, LT, you're irreplaceable. I really couldn't agree more. I know oh, we joke, but we wouldn't be here doing what we do if it wasn't for you. Look, we love you. We appreciate you. Stay with us forever. I've said this before, and I'll say it again because it's so true. I worked for a guy once. He was a good man and a great broadcaster. And he, I've never forgotten this. I quit. I moved over to another radio station. And he said, you know, when somebody leaves, it's like a drop in a bucket of rain. You are water from the rain and it, there's a ripple and then everything goes back to normal. That's how life is. And it has to be like that because guess what? We're all working folks. I mean, maybe if you're royalty, like, you know, the king, maybe, it, you you know, years fade in and out. You don't really care what happened to the butler. It's all like that. But for the rest of us, you just have to roll with the punches because you have no choice. You know, I don't know where I'm going with this. I'd blame Declan. It was a great sentiment. Well, I don't know whether it was or not. One day I'm just going to read poetry. Would you guys be up for that? Yeah. Do we we have to bring in our own poetry as well to bounce off you? I also thought of singing all of the songs from My Fair Lady. I think we could have a good karaoke show. Get me to the church on time. I could do that. I mean, there's a few few that I probably wouldn't do well with the high parts, but to hell with it. I'm game. I'm game too. I I could do a karaoke show. What would be your go-to song? Um, it depends on how how uh, people want to hear me, because if they want to hear me just absolutely stink, I think fully clothed would be the thing. <laughs> if they want to hear me be absolutely terrible, I could uh, I could sing the weekend, and I could uh, try and get as high as his voice goes, and then I would absolutely just voice crack. But if someone wants to hear me maybe be slightly mediocre, mm-hmm. um, then then I would maybe go for a little uh, a little more rockish. Okay. That would uh, I don't know. Maybe I could try and be Mick Jagger. Uh, a, it wouldn't go very well. But what about you, Declan? What's your what's your go to, and what what would be the most ridiculous? I'd go Hurricane by Bob Dylan is mm-hmm. my go to. Yeah. I'd get you guys right in the hard strings. My yeah. most ridiculous, probably like anything by Mariah Carey, because I oh, can hit those uh, notes, you know? She's doing scales all the time. I would go for uh, my go-to song is What's Got Love Got to Do With it by Tina Turner. 
I, I just scorch that song, and not in a good way. And the song that I can sing is I Can't Help It If I'm Still In Love With You by Hank Williams. It's my register. I wouldn't mind doing a little Don't Go Breaking My Heart duet with oh, you. Oh, sure. I think we could knock that one Which out of one the of us is Kiki well D? Probably me. Okay. I think, yeah. Well, I might have a higher voice than you, so I think I could hit those notes. Well, this is all very interesting. On the way, uh, we've got some hockey rumors for you. <laughs> low down with Low Tide on Sports 1440. This is the lowdown. On Sports 1440, it is a sports show for Wolf GMC Buick. Visit wolfgmcbuick.com. You like to sing out loud. Oh, I love it. Don't get me started. Like, listen, I'm very, very self-aware that I am maybe the worst singer you'll ever come across. I know that, completely understand it. But if a tune gets going, I'll fly with it. Like when, I, I like to go. When my kids were small, when the kids are little, they don't know you can't sing. So you sing to them and they love it. And it broke my heart when both of them at different times discovered that I could not sing a note because you could sing when they're little, they love you. So they don't, they think you can sing and then they get the nuance or the, whatever the, I guess, taste. And they start to realize that maybe, maybe dad can't sing. Uh, Some weird, unusual rumors today. I want to read this the way it's written and the way it's going out because Connor Bedard might play tonight, but What's being written and said is the Chicago Blackhawks are working with local doctors. If you want a guy to be okayed for playing tonight and you're working with a local, what does that sound like? It's a little bit like, my own feeling is it's a little godfathery, you know? Like, I give the doctor an offer he couldn't refuse. How do you get that? How do you work with it? Isn't the doctor just saying, yeah, he can't play? Or yes, he can play? It's... How are you working with the doctor? What are you doing to influence the doctor? It can't be good. I mean, I hope everything's fine. I think the wording is, a. how are you working with the doctor? Are you getting the medical information to the doctor on time by, you know, air ambulance or? Like, I personally feel like that's just the vernacular of it. Like, I don't think working necessarily necessarily needs to be taken in a literal context. It's just a phrase, you know? I'm working with the doctor. Well, I like to parse everything. Okay. And I'm parsing that. Well, in that case, I can't help you. Why don't they say waiting on the doctor's word? Too wordy. Probably more accurate, but too, too many words. We don't have time for all that. Well, maybe. I guess you're right. I just don't understand the world. I'll tell you something I do like is what the New York Rangers did today. They signed defenseman Brandon Scanlon to a two-year, one-way contract. Now, he's a minor league guy, but they rewarded him, and I like this. This is the kind of thing you should see in for NHL teams where you have a player you like, he's coming up on a contract, he's probably, you know, he's, we know he's young, but he's probably not completely certain about how it's going to go, and you reach out and you say, hey, now, we've decided to sign you. We're going to do it right now. The Oilers have several people they could do that with. Olivier Rodrigue would be my probably my first choice. But Raphael Lavoie, you could maybe go ahead. Maybe there's some hard feelings about the contract that he signed. James Hamblin, Carter Savoy. I think it's a nice thing. I think it's a nice touch. Not everything has to be, well, we, we pierced the heart of his ego and we got him at the lowest possible amount. I, I think you can probably do better than that. Victor Arvidsson has been activated 
uh, from the LTIR by the Los Angeles King. He is a really good player, and they need help because they're falling like a rock. Uh, Blake Lazat and Carl Grunstrom have been sent to the minors. When I say falling like a rock, they're 3-5-2 and two in the last 10. That's eight points. The Oilers have 16 points in their last 10, and the Kings are chasing the Oilers. They are five points behind now, and the Oilers have a game in hand. It has not gone well for L.A. Edmonton is now five points up, and they gained eight points in the last 10 games. So 10 games ago, L.A. was ahead of Edmonton. Now we're 50 games into the year. There are 32 to go. There's lots of time, Forrest, but they got to get going. And maybe this is part of it. Arvidsson is a killer. He really is a very good player. Alex Turcotte and Jarrett Anderson Dolan um, have been playing well. They've got some nice depth there, and I really like the kid Byfield. Are you guys ready for Byfield to be? Kopitar was minus six the other day at five on five. Byfield is is coming like a thief in the night. He is going to pass everybody on that team. He looks real. Do you agree? Oh, he looks very, very real. Um, big body, can skate. Um, he, he was... He's been a great player. It took him a little bit to kind of get going here, as it usually does for the for the, the yeah. younger, big, big bodied kids. But he's uh, he's looked fantastic. Maybe a little bit more of a more of a passer than a shooter. I think he needs to develop his his shooting game a little bit. But he's coming along very nicely for them. But uh, Anze Kopitar is still still going to be the the big dog there for for a couple more years. I think, don't you? I don't know about Minus a couple. Six. Yeah, six. I don't know about a couple. And Cope's old. I like Kopitar, but he and he has. I remember when Nugent Hopkins was a rookie going up against Kopitar, and I'm like, please, you know, it's like it's like when you're watching a boxing match and you just want somebody to throw in the towel, right? Yep. It was bad. Uh, Jackets fire. You know this. Uh, Yarmo Kakalainen has been fired by the Columbus Blue Jackets. What I was interested in, John Davidson comes out and announces it. John Davidson is like he nothing ever. He is. A, a rock. He, I mean, he's been with some bad teams. He's been in bad situations. And I, the biggest thing he'll do is move from Columbus to New York and from New York to Columbus. He is loved. I, ha, I interviewed him one time, and he told a story I'll never, ever forget. He was playing in a playoff game in the Western Hockey League, and the arena caught fire during the game. I, I'm I'm not lying to you. He he said that out loud. Incredible story. I mean, that's when you know you got you are absolutely in a zone when you're stopping pucks and somebody says, "Yeah, the arena's on fire." And you're like, well, we got a two on one, buddy. Could you take care of that? Sean Couturier has been named captain of the Philadelphia Flyers. Really like him. Always did. I actually had a hard time picking between he and Ryan Nugent Hopkins for the number one overall pick in uh, 2011, it was. It was tough because both of them are really, really good players, and as it turns out. Working with the doctor to get an accurate diagnosis of whether he should be cleared to play. Okay, but what can the team do aside from, say, play him, doc, play him, doc, play him, doc, play him, doc? I mean... The doctor can say to Connor Bedard, how do you feel? I think it's doctor-patient, right? I've seen enough good people leave and get replaced with lesser workers. The company goes downhill fast. (laughs) 
Look, tell the companies that are doing what they're doing, folks. Now, that could be a reference to all the jokes we had made I know. earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean. there he's correct. Yeah, we would go downhill like you've never believed, never seen. It doesn't happen like that. People pick up the slack, and then they begin. Here's the thing about radio specifically, which is what I know: radio and and writing stuff uh, about the old times. Um, just be consistent. Just be consistent. Because if you are, even if you're terrible, you never give the temperature or you never tell people where the ball is on the, the football field, people get used to you. There's a, there's a comfort level that people have. They hear your voice. They know you're there. You, you do things that they care about or do things that they hate. And they, they, you become part of their, of their life, of their infrastructure. So it's like everybody, you guys both have toothbrushes, right? Oh, yeah. Sure. Last so, time I checked. Okay. So let's just say one day your moms are there at your place and they look at your toothbrush and they go, that's scandalous. I don't know what the hell you did to that thing, but you're not using it again. And you, you go out and you buy a new toothbrush. All right. How much of your life really changes? Not a whole lot. Yeah. That's, that's just the way it is. It's not like you're changing banks or changing spouses. Mm. It's just, yeah, the guy on the radio is a little different. It takes a little while to get used to. That's it. It's a pretty good metaphor. Not sure if it's exactly applicable. It's but, exactly okay. spot on. Um, you if know? you say so, listen, I trust your expertise, but. This is why I'm going to be replaced because my metaphors suck. Thanks. You know, one more thing that can, one more bullet point. <laughs> well, low tide, you show up uh, half an hour before the show. You leave before the show is actually over. And we don't dock you for that. And your toothbrush metaphor was, you know, a little off. Why didn't you go with something else? Listen, um, if the worst thing about you on air is that your toothbrush metaphors aren't all there, I think you're doing okay. Well, not all I there think is safe. the key, I believe. LT, it's time finally to stop saying just give Brown some time. Is he done and time to re-examine his career? Oh, I will say this, that I don't think, you know, he's not going to score on the fourth line. And I don't think he's going to score on the top two lines. But we're at a point now where, where as frustrated as you are, Connor Brown is beyond frustrated. When he thought he scored that time, it was a relief, and that was 20 games ago. This is not fun for him. You know, he came here expecting good things, great things, and it didn't happen. ALT heading to Fife and Deckel for lunch. What's your go-to? I always, I would just tell you this. I have uh, the strawberry rhubarb pie. If they don't have that, I have the macadamia nuts uh, cookies. They're very good. Have two of them or three. And then for the sandwich, it's butter mayo on brown. It's roast beef and uh, cheddar cheese. And then I have tomato, cucumber, pepper, not peppers. And I have pickles underneath. And if I if it's a cool day, sometimes I will have their soup, especially if it's something like beef barley. But their tomato soup is also very good. All right. And you say to yourself, Low Tide, why do you know that off a of heart? Because I have been talked into the Audubon a few times, and I've always wanted to do the peanut butter and jam just because, but I never have because I like the roast beef. <laughs> It's the only restaurant you can do that with me. I, I, I don't have any others. I just I just know that one so well. All right, it's 1253. Bagged milk on the way. He's a svelte, f- great physique guy. So is his dog. That's just his nickname. Bagged milk, just ahead. Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440, and it's time for an update.